All right. Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with The Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a super strong passion for making people healthier in this world. I'm really enthused and excited to have my guest on today. My guest today is Dr. Lauren Jarmus. So Lauren, Dr. Lauren Jarmus is at Stanford Healthcare Orthopedics. She's also the founder and CEO of PhysioCare.io or PhysioCare. She's going to tell you about what she's done, but most importantly, she's probably going to start off taking us back and telling us about what led her to, to, to go down this path of health. Um, all in all, I'm not going to steal uh, Lauren's thunder. Lauren, welcome to the show. Hey, Anthony. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So let me give you a little bit of background. So as you stated, I'm a doctor of physical therapy. I have a clinical degree um, and I'm working full-time at Stanford Healthcare, but uh, I had a little bit of a journey to get there and, and kind of excited to share my story. So where to start? I, I would say uh, my interest in health probably started in, in high school. Um, I knew that I wanted to work in the health field, but selfishly, I also knew that I wanted to work in a field of health in which people typically um, were progressing. Um, and I also knew that I loved movement. movement. So that drew me through high school into the physical therapy space. Hence, people were typically progressing, getting better, healing. Um, and it focused my love of movement in a very specific way in the healthcare field. So um, right after high school, I did my undergraduate degree in exercise physiology at Northeastern University in Boston and continued on to get my graduate degree um, at Northeastern as well in Boston. And while I was in Boston, um, there was a very strong entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, being surrounded by Harvard and MIT and Northeastern, um, all these colleges, all of this lively intellectual being uh, really got me interested in more than the typical paradigm of how healthcare was being practiced. Um, so kind of seeing through that lens, it made me question how healthcare was being administered in the United States and how people were receiving care and even the lens through which people were receiving care. Um, so specifically during one of my clinical rotations, I was uh, working in a hospital and the thing I saw time and time again is patients were coming into the hospital with one specific problem, say they came in for back pain and they saw the primary care doctor, primary care doctor said, maybe you should see an orthopedic specialist, or maybe you have some underlying systemic disease and you should see a rheumatoid um, specialist, rheumatoid arthritis specialist, or you should see a physical therapist. Um, but the problem I kept seeing um, in that space was that these amazing very intelligent providers that were specialists in their field weren't talking. Mm -hmm. And um, my viewpoint as I was going through school was that it didn't make sense to me that the body operates as a whole. There's a many independent systems, but they work together. And when highly specialized providers aren't talking, um, some things get missed or maybe they're too isolated, too siloed, and they're not being treated as a full body interaction, how typically humans operate. Mm 
So I got back to school. I was a little frustrated. I was like, I've been learning all of this physical therapy specific musculoskeletal systems, but I want to know how medications interact. I want to know how systemic disease or someone with diabetes, how that really affects their care and what else I can do or learn from other providers. So what I did next is I started an interprofessional healthcare student group at Northeastern and I brought together physical therapy students with pharmacy students with PA, um, nursing, so that we could collaborate and understand what each other did while we were in school so that when we got out of school, we would collaborate and kind of assist to change this paradigm shift. Mm. Um, moved on, uh, eventually kind of brought that concept and started a, the interprofessional collaboration through the APTA, which is the National Association for Physical Therapy. Um, led that, took on a couple of projects and um, just was very much driven by the concept of patient-centered care with an interprofessional collaborative viewpoint. Um, so getting towards the end of graduation, I was getting very excited by this movement. And so I said, hey, yes, I'm going to finish my degree. I need to finish my clinical rotations. But I, I want to do more than just start collaborations or student groups. I would like to start a company that has an interdisciplinary um, focus. And obviously my uh technical training is in physical therapy, so centered around movement um, or more the allied health professions. So when I was finishing up uh, my graduate degree, I founded a company called PhysioCare. And basically the concept surrounding PhysioCare is providing primary care for people's movement health. Um, the idea that movement is highly important in everyone's life and that when it's gone or restricted in a way, lifestyles diminish and, and people aren't very happy. And many times people go to the doctor, just say primary care checkups, and they check everything from their lab work to their blood sugar to their blood pressure. Um, but people aren't looking at how you're moving and what's affecting your movement and that it should be something that people regularly check in on on even a quarterly basis so that your life your lifestyle how you move how you operate how that isn't diminished so the idea of physio care was allowing improving access um, to physical therapy so that people could receive regular almost proactive movement assessments to get rid of um, aches and pains or small issues that are affecting that movement that they aren't getting addressed and that over time it develops into bigger issues in which maybe they need a surgery or they need a total knee replacement or they honestly stop doing things they used to love before because something is hurting mm -hmm. um, and at some point it just gets too bad to fix honestly um, but going along with that um, what I noted as I was doing my research is, yes, access and frequency um, of movement assessments need to be improved, um, but accessibility was a problem for people. So mm -hmm. I wanted to draw in um, more technology components so that people could really monitor their movement and their health on their own from um, Fitbit to Postural Labs to um, anything in that realm to give 
people a little bit more ownership of their movement health and also to provide data points for when they checked in with their movement specialist. And then on top of that, movement is also altered by numerous systems. So your nutrition, how you're feeling, your energy levels, your joints, how they're moving, how they're being effective, your muscles, if you need to release tension. Um, if you're having migraines, migraines are not going to allow you to move because you're in bed all day. If you have um, any type of comorbidity or health, that is good issues that's going to affect your movement so again pulling in other practitioners um to collaborate to provide um provide care to optimize human movement so that was the concept of physio care so primary care for um movement health mm -hmm. integrating technology um to improve accessibility and uh, collaboration between different healthcare providers. That was my dream. Um, wow. and, and so started it and got it on paper, um, got the website up, did some pitches, um, got a lot of interest. Um, mm -hmm. But you know what? I was still gra in graduate school and I didn't feel like I had a strong enough clinic base. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I put it on hold a little bit. And I applied to orthopedic specialty residency programs around the country. Mm -hmm. um, and I was accepted into Stanford's um, program. Uh, that was my first choice. Very excited. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So did that for a year, really honed in my clinical skills um, to the point where I felt solid and confident and, and felt like I could promote this dream. Mm -hmm. So now, a couple of years later, um, 2019, I've begun the push to really get physio care up and running and creating an MVP, um, talking with um, consumers, talking with um, uh, possible buyers and payers and such, um, and finding a way to bring this collaborative to life is where I'm at now. Um, while I'm working at Stanford, which provides a really optimal learning environment to keep me up to date with all the newest practices. So that's where I'm now, um, and that's where I kind of look on, on heading. So that's my big origin background. Story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, well, Lauren, a couple things. I, I really appreciate your background and, you know, the passion you have for this space and you know, a lot of people go through their lives not identifying their strengths and what really draws their attention. And so it was great to understand that, you know, your, your focus for movement and, and unique passion here and, you know, being able to come out of school uh, with, with um, you know, this technology thought and ideas is massive because it is a huge market. Um, mm -hmm. but not to sound like so much like a business person, but I think <laughs> it's just a, it's just a big problem for people, right? People need to yeah. move. And they have problems moving. There's so many different joints in our body, some different ailments. And so it's great to see this business of yours percolating. And I, it's, it's brilliant. You know, some people don't go into the belly of the beast and, you know, start their company. So you're able to, you know, hear the clinical feedback, you know, experience that through Stanford, grow your base, but still have this, you know, opportunity here um, to grow it. And, you know, you're around awesome designers and technologists. And so it's very, very fascinating. Um, Lauren, I guess where, where uh, my, my question on, on, you know, what you're doing with uh, physio care is um, 
movement. So describe for me a little bit on like, what are the typical things that you see from either a Stanford perspective or ideally how you want the technology to flow? Maybe there's a telemedicine mm -hmm. component of going to be a part of it. And, but what are some things when you talk about movement, what are some of like the non-obviouses in this, in this space? So is it a matter mm -hmm. of like when people have leg problems, they need to realize that they need to eat better or be more flexible or stretch or do this yoga pose? Like what's the difference that makes the difference in optimal movement? And, and what are some like almost like religious things about movement that you start to find yourself saying and, and prescribing a lot these days? Obviously, we'll put our disclaimers mm -hmm. that you're not giving any medical advice through this podcast. <laughs> so I'll, right, I'll do the you. disclaimer for you. Um, but just kind of love, love to hear what you're seeing and like what's happening now where you see you know, this going, you know, in the future. So. Yeah, great question. So uh, I think one thing that I people don't understand is that movement is very complex. It's not only about are you strong enough, are your muscles strong enough, or um, are you flexible enough. Those are the two, two concepts that people tend to gravitate to because they're easy to understand and that's what a lot of um, videos and articles and things like that are kind of talking about but movement is uh, based on a couple big factors it's based on your energy systems mm. um, thinking about your endocrine system and your um, energy projection even at a biological or cellular level mm. uh, it's based on your neurological system how your muscles are connecting to your brain and mm. certain movement patterns based on that neuromuscular connection um, it is very much based up on strength. Um, so if you have a true weakness in a muscle group, that can lead to aches and pains. And then very much so, it's mobility. I think mobility is the one thing people put less of an emphasis on. And by mobility, I don't mean just stretching. Yes, you need to stretch, but your joints mm -hmm. need to move through a full range of motion on a regular basis. It's a use it or lose it, or you don't have it or even just your tissues, um, the fascial tissue, which is, um, for lack of a better description, the kind of the white coating you would see on a chicken breast if you're cooking um, mm -hmm. for the night of, that tissue, the fascial tissue needs to move and the stretch. And if all these systems, your neuromuscular system, your um, energy systems, your even your endocrine or your hormonal system, if they're not operating in an ideal fashion together, it's gonna cause pains. And pains can be a result of all of these factors together, or a pain can be a result of one system that's primarily causing an issue. For instance, um, the big thing I see is patients in their 60s, got 70s, who have uh, a lot of arthritis. Knee arthritis is very common. Uh, knee replacements are very common in the United States. And I see these patients come in, in in quite a bit of pain. And I explain to them that one of the reasons you're having pain in your knee is because you have what's called these degenerative changes in the bone. So basically, over time, because of abnormal loading or because you haven't kept up on mobility or you haven't kept up on your strength, um, the joint has kind of worn away and it doesn't have a, a smooth surface. And so the rubbing um, on these bones is causing pain. And mm. maybe if you 
um, throughout life had kept more motion in your knee joint or kept your thighs a little bit stronger um, or made sure that your hips and abdominals and your core muscles were a little bit stronger and that that neuromuscular connection um, was optimized, you might not be where you're at right now. Mm. And so that's kind of hard for people to hear, but I do explain that because it gives them a fair prognosis that we can optimize your movement, we can somewhat reduce your pain, but we can't fix the joint at, at where it is now. And osteoarthritis um, is a huge problem. And every single time I explain that, I get the response, I wish I had seen you earlier, or uh -huh. I wish I knew that this um, could be something we could have worked on throughout the last 20 years of my life if I had in regular check-ins. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a big response I get. Or another thing I hear often um, is that people were injured. They had a really big injury, a bad ankle sprain, or they hurt their knee, or they had a really bad back injury 10 years ago. And they're coming to physical therapy now because they're just in so much pain. Whereas if they came in a little bit sooner when the ache and pain was smaller and the effects on all those systems we talked about uh, wasn't as, uh, it w hadn't been as long, um, we could have probably had some better outcomes um, in their chronic pain um, if I had seen them sooner. And again, I explained to them that this this pain you're having is coming from chronic movement dysfunction. Your joints haven't moved the right way in a while. You haven't had the right flexibility. You've had asymmetrical muscle strength or muscle loading, and this is all resulting in your pain. And, and what I'm trying to do now is reverse 10 years of you moving poorly, and that's very hard to do. So if I had seen them 10 years ago when this first happened or they had regular movement checkups and maybe they wouldn't be in the place they were in now. So that's um, very frustrating for patients mm -hmm. to hear and was very frustrating for me to have to explain over and over again. Um, not saying that it would be a different outcome, but it very right. well could have been if we intervened a bit sooner. Right. Um, so that's the common things I hear and kind of the common misconceptions that your movement is just related on your flexibility and how strong you are. There's multiple systems involved, and the sooner that you address small aches and pains, the better outcomes you're going to have. And uh, I think going on to that into the future is that one of the big problems is that people don't go to see their doctors when they have a small back injury. Um, because one, it can be expensive to go for visits if they still have a copay. Um, mm -hmm. Two, um, it's they have to take off work a lot of times. Um, they're traveling, they got kids, people live busy lives and it's hard to take time out of your day to go for extra check-ins when it's not a big deal. It's a small problem at the time. Right. So my hope is that um, as we grow PhysioCare, we are able to partner and collaborate with uh, organizations that have a, a large footprint. So um, health systems that have many different brick and mortar locations so that we have a wide variety of accessibility. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one. But more importantly, on top of that, leveraging the technology that is out there. So 
the idea would be, yes, as a movement specialist, as a doctor of physical therapy, the first time someone comes in, I, I need to see them. I need to feel their joints. I need a 3D perspective. But on their follow-ups, once we figure out one's biggest impairments, whether it's a motion issue or a strength issue or a neuromuscular how you move issue, that we can check in through video. Mm -hmm. Or if they need to be on a walking program for back pain, send me your steps, use that Fitbit, I want to see it. Or maybe we're thinking that their energy systems aren't optimized. For instance, they're not eating the right types of food or they have a suspected food allergy and it's zonking them out and they're tired and they don't sleep well. Maybe I need to refer them to a nutritionist um, and then they need to use this app that will look at what they've eaten. Have they eaten enough calories? Have they eaten too many? What types of food they're eating? Um, and that gives them ownership of their health. And then it also gives them data points that um, providers can check remotely and then optimize. Again, it comes back to movement because that's my specialty, but optimize their movement and lifestyle. Um, so my hope is there's a lot of consumer technology out there, but where I see people frustrated or kind of losing the connection is how to optimize all these consumer movement or health technologies and use them together in the optimal way. Um, there's a lot out there, but I don't feel like people know how to put them together in the most optimal way. Um, so mm. that's where I see we can leverage off of each other. Um, because there's a lot of great things out there. I think mm -hmm. they just could be used better. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, Lauren, this is great and I, I appreciate it. I mean, so it's a, it's a very, such a unique novel approach to you know, uh, see here a, a physician like yourself, um, you know, be entrepreneurial and start their own thing, you know, and right out of you know, school is, is profound, but I, I'm rooting for you and I'm, it's super exciting <laughs> that you're, in, you're here in San Francisco and you're at the you're in the belly of the beast which which is a great thing right because you have all this opportunity around you lots of innovation it's hard not to wake up and end your day without hearing about other startups growing and seeing startup talent and other people that want to join your mission and i guess along those lines what's your ideal i'd love to hear about the future of whether it's through you know your your company or through you know like what you'd like to see in, in the market so tell me a little bit about the future and where you see this going and maybe in the space that you're in what what are some what's your most idealistic vision of the future and i just love to hear hear about that sure so i'm definitely an idealist so <laughs> i would say uh for physio care specifically my eventual goal is i build out the network and the platform and and really learn the optimal way to leverage all this consumer tech would to be um, purchased or to work with a large healthcare system so that we can reach a, a broad population and have our services um, offered to a wide population and and the bigger companies that we work with, the better deals we're going to have and um, patients may also have subsidized opportunity to use our services um, because I want it to be very versatile and I want it to be um, for a wide variety of people. So the idea would be to partner with the Stanford's or Blue Cross Blue Shields um, mm -hmm. and we're still kind of working on that and that'll take some time. Um, but that's kind of physio care's ideal model. 
Um, for the future of healthcare, I'm actually idealistic. I mean, it's already changing. We're moving more towards value-based care um, instead of fee-for-service. Um, mm-hmm. The idea of interprofessional collaboration practices or holistic kind of viewpoints of health is growing. I'm certainly not the only one, and I've talked to many, many practitioners who have the same viewpoint as me. So it gives me hope that people are beginning to collaborate and share and optimize health. Um, but they need a better platform to do it on. Um, mm-hmm. and, and again, larger healthcare systems are working on providing that. But if they start think top down from corporate, kind of moving down to the regular population, I kind of view me or physio care as a grassroots way to to kind of spark the movement mm-hmm. and and again being in silicon valley being around the tech world uh, health systems and providers in general are just continuing to leverage what's out there and as we begin to learn how to optimize and use healthcare data um, how we use that technology is just going to improve over time um, so it kind of conclusion is that I, I see us moving to more of a collaborative interprofessional healthcare system and as the technology gets better and we learn how to use that data and create a platform that we can truly integrate into a system um, it's only just going to kind of prove out my my dream and support my hypo- hypothesis but healthcare is moving there it's just mm-hmm. taking time like everything else in this world absolutely absolutely well I mean, a couple of things. I mean, again, you know, super profound work that you're doing. You, you hear the passion and the determination, and you know that's what uh, just from one talk, one founder to another. You know, as we both know, it's it's all about perseverance, passion, and determination. Everything else takes care of itself, right? And yeah. um, and so it's very exciting that you know, day in day out, you're in this problem. You've seen this problem. You have a a founder problem match, you know, and that's what, you know, investors and clients are always looking for is that the founder and CEO is very spiritually in tune with, with the problem that they're solving. Right. And they, they have a deep conviction of it. And so it's, it's super exciting to see. It was great to hear your story, your origin, what you're focused on today and your vision of the future. Uh, Lauren, um, I'm sure we can jam out all day uh, (laughs) about health and geek out about this stuff. You know, obviously we both live and breathe it. But uh, my very last question for you is um, social media or getting in contact with you. If our listeners would like to engage with you, there's a potential um, you know, customer that's interested in, in your services, likes to just you know, talk with you a little bit more, hear about what you're doing. What's a good way to connect with you or reach out to you? Great. Yeah. So I think the most optimal way for me right now would be to connect with me on LinkedIn. It's Lauren Jarmus, L-A-U-R-E-N, last name Jarmus, J-A-R-M-U-S-Z. Just shoot me a little connect message. Tell me why you want to connect, and then I'm happy to accept, and we can chat there. Um, If you want to look at the website, it's physiocare.io, www.physiocare.io. Um, and you can take a look at our website. We're still got making some changes currently, so you might be seeing it changing recently or, or soon. Um, but probably LinkedIn and the website are the best way to connect with me right now. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, Lauren, thank you so much. We'll, we'll definitely, um, you know, um, get the word out on what you're doing, you know, fully supporting what you're doing. Um, and, and this is, this is powerful, um, stuff, Lauren, really appreciate it. And, and to our listeners out there, uh, this is the pop health show. The show is for anyone that has a strong passion for health. Uh, Lauren, uh, thank you so much again for being on our show. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, so, uh, Dr. Jarmus, this was, this was phenomenal. Thank you so much. Thanks, Anthony. Thank you so much.